When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about sidekicks. So, sidekick in D&D terms, is something rather different than, you know, a superhero sidekick. Although, you can definitely see where they get the etymology of the word. So, a sidekick in D&D is a different type of class that can be used by dungeon masters for NPCs. So, back in the day, Dungeons & Dragons older editions used to actually have a number of actual NPC classes statted out 1 through 20 that are kind of a more simplified class that can be used for NPCs. So for a long time, 5th edition did not have any type of NPC classes. So years ago, they actually did release an Unearthed Arcana article on sidekicks, but because it was Unearthed Arcana, it was still unofficial content, playtest material. But last September, uh, September 2019, that is, if you're listening to this in the future, then they actually did release sidekicks as an official part of the fifth edition essentials kit. So the essentials kit is basically a even more simplified set of adventures and such that can be played for D&D 5th edition. It is a great thing for new players of D&D. And what's also super nice about it is that it's a very cheap way to get into things. If I remember right, it's only like $15 and change at Walmart or Target, and it will get you a set of, I want to say, four adventures that will take characters from level one all the way up to level freaking 13. So it is months and months of content for a pretty low price. So the essentials kit in general is a good thing. But within the essentials kit is sidekicks. And it's just a little thing kind of tucked away in the books. But for dungeon masters who want to have NPC classes back, it was a very welcome thing to see them return in D&D 5th edition. So I'm going to be talking a lot, uh, as I always do, about the mechanics of things. But before I get into all of that, I do want to just talk about why. Why is this something that I am so excited about? And that is because there are a lot of situations for dungeon masters, for players, and just people playing D&D, I should say, of not having enough people to really go through like the most advanced or dangerous types of things out there for D&D. So what I mean by that, if you only have a couple of people, if you have like a dungeon master and two people or a dungeon master and even one person, then 
it can be very hard to arrange a situation where you have them able to face something like a dragon or just any of the powerful creatures of D&D without knowing that they're just going to get wrecked. So by having NPCs with stronger stats, then this creates the option to have a sidekick that can tag along with the characters in order to allow them to face tougher and, you know, parenthesis, potentially more interesting creatures. So Remy, um, I'm, I'm thinking about sidekicks, right? And I, I feel like it definitely helps um, with all the side character stuff. But what are the what's the major difference between these uh, sidekick classes and the main classes? Excellent question. So there's uh, actually quite a few differences between the standard and the norm. So first off, they are not a one to one in terms of complexity. They are simpler in comparison to a player class. There are less class features for a dungeon master to keep track of. But as a trade off, they do still get the scaling of a PC so that they actually have enough health to survive whatever content you as a dungeon master throw at your players. Uh, In addition to that, because of it being, you know, intended to be simpler, there are, for the most part, not any subclasses. So there are arguably only one that actually has any kind of split choice. So the sidekick choices are the warrior, the expert, and the mage. So, or sorry, not mage, uh, spellcaster is actually the proper word. Excuse me. So the thing is, though, the spellcaster and only the spellcaster actually has any option to it. So there is a healer subclass and a mage subclass split for the spellcaster. Otherwise, a warrior is a warrior, an expert is an expert. There are, you know, advancements as they level up, but it is much, much less options of things that a DM has to actually keep track of. So it is far simpler than a PC class to run because there are just less things on a character sheet for a sidekick. Now, one thing that I just should mention, though, the intent of a sidekick is for it to be a simplified class for the DM for the most part. But it does not have to be used that way. There is nothing anywhere that says a person cannot play as a sidekick class because the fact that they are simplified classes actually means that it could be argued that it is advantageous for a new person to D&D to potentially play one of these sidekick classes. I definitely can see that because the way like um, looking at this, the way I can uh, see possible uses of this uh, mechanic is majorly for the dungeon masters who simply have less um, time spent on preparing, for example, this character that may appear for maybe one or two sessions at most. And for example, at the start of Arc 2 of Riftwake, we had this uh, fire mage that kind of got into the thick of things, but the thing was, I had to spend quite a lot of time to set her up using a normal character sheet. 
uh, when I could have used a sidekick thing and maybe taken a lot less time. And with that in mind, same thing could be said for a new player. They could just basically allow them to have enough abilities so as to be like, oh, I know what these, uh, how the combat works and all these different simple starting things. And they have less to worry about since they have fewer features and such to think about. Exactly. And for all those reasons, it is definitely something that can be a lot easier for any new person getting into D&D to just run a sidekick type character to just get a feel for how D&D works without having the huge mass of options that are available to the full PC classes. But and this is a major but. There is one massive downside to the current set of available rules to sidekicks. So this may change in the future, but at least as of now in early May 2020, they only have levels 1 through 12 available for sidekicks in that essentials kit. So they do not go all the way up to level 20 at this point in time. It is entirely likely and honestly hopeful that they will eventually finish statting them out to 20 in future release content, but that is not available at this time. So that is somewhat odd, but considering that the adventures in the Essentials Kit only go up to level 13, I can kind of understand why they didn't release the full set in that content. But in theory, it should be coming out when more, I guess, Essentials content comes out or just in another future upcoming book. So I have not heard any rumors about that one way or another. So I did mention before that this is an official version now of something that originally was in Unearthed Arcana. So there is another aspect of sidekicks that to me, was an incredibly important one that they unfortunately seem to have removed from the official version. I do still feel it's worth mentioning because it is something that can be massively useful to a dungeon master. So in the official version, all all sidekicks are humanoid. So they are, you know, humans or dwarves or what have you. But it was specifically mentioned in the Dungeon Masters, or sorry, in the Unearthed Arcana version, that it was not, it was explicitly not limited to humanoids, and that this is something that Dungeon Masters could use to give levels to creatures. So this is something that if you have, say, a direwolf that comes along with the party, that you could use the experience it gains by adventuring with the party to level up. And this gave DMs mechanics to do that. And that is an awesome thing to me. So the fact that they seem to have at least removed that, or at least not mentioned that in the official version, to be honest, kind of pisses me off. So there are a lot of situations where someone has, you know, an animal companion or, you know, there's a goblin that the party decides to recruit, but just because they're amused by him. Or there's a lot of times where players just end up dragging something or someone allied along with them. So having the explicit option 
with sidekicks to give levels to non-humanoids was an incredibly valuable thing. So that being said, however, there is not anything in sidekicks that explicitly mentions that it does have to be a humanoid. However, all of the examples in all of the essentials kit are humanoid. So technically speaking, it is not actually restricted. It is just not explicitly mentioned. And that is something that DMs can use to interpret as, yeah, it's okay. So that is how I plan to use this myself, because there are so many times where, you know, the party will just be amused by a kobold or a bullywug who's the last survivor after they massacre the entire family and decide to drag it along for reasons. So having something to level up such creatures is convenient to me as a dungeon master. So that being said, going through all of the mechanics involved today, because we spent a lot going over the actual basics of what a sidekick is, I'm just going to go through the warrior, the martial character option. We're going to go through the other two expert and spellcaster on Thursday's episode. So uh, that actually do does also lead me to one other kind of irksome thing about sidekicks as they currently are, which is the fact that the essentials kit is split into four separate adventures. And unfortunately, the sidekick rules are also split into all four of those adventures. So that's kind of annoying. So you need to go through all four of them because it is split up by the levels of the adventures in question. So Dragon of Ice Spire Peak for levels one through seven. Stormlord's Wrath is an adventure for seven to nine. Sleeping Dragon's Wake is for level nine to 11. And then Divine Contention is meant for level 11 to 13 adventurers. But of course, it can't be that easy for us as a DM for the sake of a sidekick. So it actually only has sidekick rules. So in the first one, it only has one through six. In the second one, it only has seven, eight, nine, then 10, 11. And the last one only has 12. So it's kind of inconvenient to find all of the rules in one place. And at least again, as of this point in time, hopefully it is changed in the near future to actually put all of it together in one place to look at but it is not that way at this point in time. So that being said, let's dive right in to the warrior. So there is one other aspect of sidekicks that is different than typical PC classes, which is that instead of using different hit dice per, you know, different classes, all sidekicks just have a D8 as the hit die. And this is actually quite interesting because it means that the melee class, the warrior, which I'll talk more about very shortly, is slightly more squishy than a fighter or paladin. But, you know, equal to, you know, what a cleric or a rogue or a warlock would be hit point wise. But that also means that the mage or sorry, the spellcaster is actually a less squishy magic user than a war, a wizard or a sorcerer would be. So that's just something kind of interesting. So it's a D8 hit die. And what is also just different is that 
it gives very specific stats for these sidekick classes. So the warrior is given a stat array of 15 strength, 13 dexterity, 14 con, and then 10 intelligence, 12 wisdom, and 10 charisma. So that is not the standard array that PC classes potentially have access to, because there's no 8 in the bundle. There's no stat less than 10. And that's just also interesting from the mechanics perspective to me, because that is almost certainly an intentional choice so that DMs running a sidekick don't have to pay attention to any negative ability score modifiers for any checks that you might have to do as a sidekick character. So it is very intentionally built to be easier for a DM to run. So what is also kind of neat about it, uh, they have proficiencies just like player characters do, but what they're proficient with is actually ever so slightly different. Uh, So I'll go over the other two in Thursday's episode, but warriors at least, much like a fighter, are proficient with all weapons and all armor plus shields. So at least equipment-wise, a warrior is the equivalent of a fighter. They have full access to things. So the level one version of the warrior does get to start out with a chain shirt and a shield. So not top tier equipment, but still very solid, giving them a 16 AC at level one. Now, one thing that is also a little bit weaker than a player character is that instead of having two saving throw proficiencies, the warrior only gets one, only in con. So they have, uh, you know, a boost uh, proficiency added to their saving throws for constitution only. Also, they automatically have uh, skill proficiencies in athletics, perception, and survival. There is not choices involved for a level one warrior. That just is what you get. The only choice that you actually have as, you know, uh, just a first starting out character is for a language to have in addition to common, as well as a martial role. So I said that there aren't subclasses and there really aren't. This is more like the fighting style choice that you can pick as a low level fighter. And this is just attacker or defender. Those are the two options that you get. As an attacker, you get a plus two bonus to attack rolls, and a defender gains a reaction ability of protection, which is the warrior imposes disadvantage on the attack roll of a creature within five feet of it whose target isn't the warrior. Warrior must be able to see the attacker. So having a reaction ability to impose disadvantage every turn is a pretty nifty ability. Now, also, though, that attacker is particularly of interest to me because normally the closest thing a fighter has to the attacker plus two bonus is archery which gives a plus two to ranged attack rolls but the fact that a warrior gets the plus two to all attack rolls is actually pretty significant because that gives them a really solid boost to their to hit for melee and ranged attacks So a warrior is actually pretty good, potentially, for melee or range. So you can give them, you know, a longsword, 
you know, or a rapier or like if you wanted to just kind of tweak things to make them a little more dexterity, then you have that option. Not to mention that, you know, let's say you do tweak the rules and do change to give feats to them. That is not something that is normally accessible to sidekicks, which I'll get into in just a few minutes. But having something like Great Weapon Master to get, you know, that negative five to attack plus 10 damage that I love talking about so very often, then a warrior just with that really good to hit is just, well, quite advantaged, honestly. So that's honestly it for the level one warrior. You just you pick a language, you pick if you're an attacker or a defender, and that's pretty much it. You don't actually have to pick pretty much anything in terms of just building the character. That is one of the honestly advantages and disadvantages of sidekicks in general is that they are very pre-built. So there is not choices that have to be made, but on the downside, there are not choices to be made. So they are what they are. A DM, as always, has the power to just change anything that they want to. But as it is, it is made to be almost pre-generated to just be a solid character. So then as you level up, though, you do get a good bit more. So a second level uh, warrior will get second wind, which lets you use a bonus action on your turn to regain hit points equal to a D10 plus level and then can't do so again until a short or long rest. So that is an ability straight out of fighter. Uh, also, they do add on uh, the hit points as these characters grow the normal D8 added on. So actually, that's sorry, that is one thing I actually did skip over by accident on the level one. A level one warrior is a little bit different than a level one player character in that it starts out with two hit dice. So it has 2D8 plus four. So with that plus two con, so D8 plus two, D8 plus two. So normally a player character starts level one with a maxed out hit die plus their con. So if there was a D8 plus two PC character, they would normally start out with that, you know, D8 maxed out to eight plus two to get 10. So they would just have 10 starting hit points. A warrior has two D8 plus four, but the average number, which comes out to 13 hit points at level one. So technically, a warrior does have <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit more hit points at level one, but that doesn't really boost them a whole lot in the long term. It is just a very, very slim level one advantage. So then as it gets up to level two, it gets that cutting action I mentioned, and then just has its hit points go up to 3d8 plus three or 16. Then at third, oh, wait, sorry, that's uh, expert. Uh, okay, sorry. Goes up to 3d8 plus 6 at 19. Third level, improved critical. The warrior rolls a critical hit on a 19 or 20 on d20 rolls. That is fantastic. That is another one straight out of the champion fighter and a very simple thing for a DM to keep track of. Very advantageous to the character in question. And of course, hit points go up as usual for the level up. Now, level four is where things are interestingly different to a normal character. Normally, characters get an ability score improvement where they can add two points to 
any combination of their ability scores. They could, say, boost their strength by two, or they could boost their strength by one, con by one, some combination of two points. Or, in games that have it available, you can pick a feat. That is not the case for a sidekick. Sidekicks explicitly have a thing that they are assigned at this level. So in this case, it specifically, the warrior's strength score increases by two, raising the modifier by one. So increase the warrior's athletics bonus by one and increase the bonuses to hit and damage of the warrior's melee weapon attack by one. So it is explicit in what happens when the character levels up. So on the plus side, the DM doesn't have to think about the character build because it's done for them. On the downside, they don't get to think about how they want to build the character because it's built for them. So level five, proficiency bonus. So much like all characters, proficiency bonus goes up from two to three when a character gets to fifth level. So with the proficiency bonus up, that increases saving throws by one, skills by one, passive perception, and the to hit of weapon attacks. So always nifty. Then level six, extra attack. You get to attack twice instead of once when you take the attack action. So one just little comment on this one because it's of interest to me. Most PC classes that have it get extra attack at level five. So fighters, barbarians at level five get extra attack, but a warrior does not until level six. So that's just kind of an interesting thing to note that it is just ever so slightly different. So I just mentioned level six and now I have to switch over to the next adventure to find the level seven version. Uh, what is unfortunate, there's not actually anything that spells out what it is that they get at level seven, like the nice lists that I usually enjoy. So I just have to look at the stat block here and find what's different. So, ah, there it is. All right. Battle readiness. The warrior has advantage on initiative rolls. So that is something that they actually kind of lift from the barbarian. So that is rather an interesting detail in that while for the most part, the warrior does seem based on the fighter. It is this kind of amalgamation of useful but simple features from any melee class. So it is this kind of just amalgamation of useful, simple character and having advantage on initiative at you know, the kind of medium level of seven is a pretty significant just boost to the character. So that's nifty. So then at level eight, ability score improvement. So normal time, four and eight. So again, strength score increases by two, raising the modifier and increasing yada, yada, yada. So the same as usual. Again, it's just boosting strength at four, boosting strength at eight. Makes sense. It's a melee character. Level nine, indomitable. Once per day, the warrior can re-roll a saving throw that it fails, but must use the new result. So that's another one straight out of fighter. Useful. Alrighty then. So at that, I now have to switch over to the next book for the level nine one. Interesting. So I'm looking at it, but I'm having difficulty actually finding what they get at that level. So that's weird. 
Uh, also, just uh, one detail looking at the level seven character sheet in that second book, though, I do see that they at that point upgrade the armor of the warrior from the chain shirt to plate. So at that point, then it is expected that the warrior would have gotten plate mail in addition to their shield for a real solid AC of 20. So anyway, so moving back over then to the ninth level version. Um, dang, this is actually quite bugging me. What do they actually get at nine? Like, I see that they get the hit point boost, but I don't actually see any differences. I don't see skills. I don't see any trait or feature. So level nine may just get that just a hit point boost. That appears to be the case. And that's irksome. All right. I, I guess that is it. I don't see anything else here. So, all right. That's kind of unfortunate. So anyway, then, and then moving on to level 10. Improved defense. The warrior's AC increases by one. So that's just a nice advantage. They just flat out get a plus one AC. And that does not say increased by one while they're wearing armor or not. They just get plus one AC. So boosting them up to a 21 with no magic items, that's pretty solid. And then level 11, extra attack. Warrior can attack three times instead of one when it takes the attack action on its turn. So this is also kind of interesting. So getting three attacks per turn at level 11 is the same as the regular fighter. So it got its two attacks per turn one level later, but it gets three attacks per turn at the same time. So that's just an interesting choice. And then finally, at level 12, warriors get one last ability score improvement to give their strength score one final boost up by two. And so then that actually, does that max them out at that point? Yeah, I do believe it does. Yeah, so then that'll give them a real solid strength score. But again, the downside being that they are pumping everything into strength with all these ability score increases. So with that being said, that's Warriors levels 1 through 12. It is a solid, relatively simple martial class and sidekicks in general. I went over the basics for you, and it really just is a kind of simplified version of classes to just make NPCs easier for a DM to run, but also can be used by new players as a more simplified class to dip their toe into the worlds of D&D. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reps and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. So, so support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tier stars lowest a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind the scenes content, early access to episodes, access to Patreon Discord where you'll be able to chat with the cast and even a shout out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake and on Reddit on the subreddit r slash podcast and now you send us an email riffs and rules at gmail.com that's riffs a and d rules at gmail.com thanks for listening bye you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.